Hey, peeps, please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the family. All right, so now that that's out of the way, let's get into this. All right, what is going on, friends and fam? How is everybody out there doing? Got a little mobile station here, so hopefully it uh, holds up. <laughs> so what is going on to all the friends and fam out there? On uh, We got Foxhole and Pill.net, DLive, YouTube, Twitch, and I think a couple others. And, of course, it'll be streamed later to uh, Rumble, Gab TV, and, of course, to uh, BitChute. We got our buddy, the one and only Bobby Python on with us. It's going to be a great chat. We'll have him talk about all the cool stuff that, uh, you know, he's been doing. And then uh, do a little bit of Q&A with the fam afterwards. Should be a great time. So thanks a bunch, Bobby, for coming on. Appreciate you, brother. And all you do for uh, all you do for the Republic, man, you've done some incredible things. And for maybe a, a couple of the fam out there who maybe haven't heard of you, maybe they're just, you know, in the blockchain world for, per se, and they don't really know about all the, the patriotic stuff that you're doing. Maybe if you could just, you know, take a few minutes and explain who you are, what you do, and, you know, kind of why you do it. Sure. Um well, my name is Bobby Python, and um, I'm a portfolio manager who's been managing money for, I guess, over 25 years now. And I was asked to uh, help with regards to Arizona's uh, election back in November of last year by Liz Harris. And she asked me to look at some data. And so next thing you know, I'm looking at the data. I did, I did a bunch of analysis. I was asked to fly out and speak before the Arizona Senate. And a five-minute conversation turned into over 20 minutes presenting to them my findings about a lot of issues that were taking place within the data. And uh, fast forward to today, I went through and analyzed over 30 million records in all the battleground states, Pennsylvania, uh, Georgia, uh, Michigan, as well as um, Wisconsin. And I did a lot of analysis that shows that there's some serious things that need to be addressed in our overall infrastructure when it comes to our votes. And and here I am today, I'm working on uh, this Maricopa recount unofficially, uh, you know, because I'm not willing to sign an NDA and, and I'm going through the, the data to see if um, I can assist in uh, exposing the truth, whatever that might look like after this process is done. I hear you. How did you start to get into, you know, confirming or just checking, you know, basically the votes? I mean, this is there's kind of a lot that goes into that. You got this big, beautiful brain that you've used for like the financial services side of things. And somehow you were kind of able to tie that into the voting process and ballots. And maybe talk a little bit about that, how how you kind of made that, you know, that's that segue, so to speak. Sure. So um I'm I'm a big believer in um, looking at the the big picture and then working down into the micro. And uh, um, so the first thing I did when I was asked to look at this is I pulled down 22 years of voting history data uh, from the Arizona website. And so I kind of started with, okay, how has voting evolved in Arizona? This is before I looked at any of the files and what the heck is going on in Arizona. I needed a baseline. So then I took all this information and said, okay, there's 15 counties. This is how people have voted. Here's what the census data suggests. So I, before even looking at what the data is saying should happen, I construct a model of the world based on where we're at and you know what, what is being reported. And then from that, I started to say, okay, now that I see uh, 
the fact that, you know, for example, I wrote this up in the Arizona testimony. You could download my stuff in my website under insights tab, preactiveinvestments.com. It's the top right. There's an insights tab where you can download this. I wrote these letters to the Arizona state senators. I sent it off to uh, Gateway Pundit. So you can, anybody could read all this. But what I found is there were more people voting in 2020 in Arizona that you know that then then existed over the age of 18 that should be voting based on the census data and now you know, let, let me let me further clarify what i mean by that so since the year 2000 to 2020 every new person that had moved into arizona was registered to vote and then they still were short people that they had to go and pull people from prior to 2000 to bring them in to justify the voting records, you know, the, the number of registered voters being that large. And so right away, you're like, this is crazy. You, you know, how do you have more people registered to vote than there should be allowed to vote? So that, then that's where it sparked in the process. Okay, well, how do we track this down? And since I've never looked at this before, um, I'm like, okay, most people, they look at voting issues with one county, one race, and then they break it down and then they get stuck in that one race. And what I did instead was I looked across the whole state. <laughs> I'm like, let's assume, I don't know where the, where, thing, where there's problems. There's over 1,500 precincts in Arizona at the time. I think it was like 1,500, you know, give or take 5, 10, 20 of them. So I look over these precincts and I segment all of these 1,500 precincts by age, by male, female, by um, you know voting type, like in, are they Republican? Are they uh, the, are they a swing voter? Are they a Democrat? All these types of characteristics, and I organized it uh, from like 1.8 million possibility you know combinations. Uh, I, I bucketed and created a grid, a probability distribution of where everybody should land, <laughs> and then I kind of backed out. Okay, well now that everybody's here what's the what's the result look like and then kind of like put the result onto this map and have it flush out and then that's where that's where i came up with my estimates i'm like okay based on my estimates i think my initial one was like 125,000 to 250,000 300,000 phantom voters in you know that took place in arizona and um so does, does that help answer it i'm sorry i can get a little verbose no no it's uh, great. great especially the way that you elaborate now, now, one of the one things of the that I saw, I saw recently, recently you know, let me know let me if know. my audio goes bad or something like that. I'm starting to hear my, an echo in my in my headset. But um, one of the things that I noticed on, it was a Gateway Pundit article. They showed that from, I think it was like the last election, it was in 2016, where Trump was going um, against uh, Clinton. And now in 2020, we had Trump against Biden. There was actually about a million more votes for Biden, right? than Clinton got, something like that. It's like a half million, million more. Yet the guy couldn't fill a parking lot. He couldn't fill those little circles. And everywhere that I went, you know, Trump, you know, packed stadiums, you know, almost, you know what I mean? There was tens of thousands of people, things like that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, we definitely know there's some shenanigans going on. We keep seeing what, what they're doing there with like Elias and the different, uh, the different groups and different uh, attorneys they have and, and the Maricopa Board of Supervisors and you know, what just looks like corruption uh, because they're trying to do everything they can to stop this audit. And when you look, I mean, you, you see the, it, it's just, 
it's it's almost overwhelming the corruption just in broad daylight so you have the data that we can see just from the actual votes we have your data that's like irrefutable right and then we have the maricopa board of supervisors the governor the secretary of state everybody trying to cover this thing up you've got judges recruit recruiting themselves because possible you know conflicts or something like that and the new judges that they put in is um was placed by janet uh, napolitano or something like that who has ties of course uh to mark elias and that uh, what is it perkins coy or whatever it's called so i mean they're they're in full panic there what's what's some of this i mean obviously what you found there is is huge um and so since you're not signing the nda there's probably you know you're, you're going to go public at some point with all this stuff that you found but what you know, I mean, here's just a simple rhetorical question of sorts. Why why do you think they're doing everything they can to keep this audit from taking place? Well, it's it's not complicated in my mind. It's all, <laughs> it's all about the bucks, kid. It's all about the bucks. You remember that in Wall Street with Gordon Gecko? It's all about the bucks. And here's the deal. I think a lot of these phantom voters are probably receiving real checks. So let me say that again. Phantom voters probably receive, receive real checks from no other than the federal government. So this helps explain why we probably have a problem with both parties not wanting to see this party end. How much money has been siphoned off from we the people via the federal government? It's almost like all these politicians on a statewide level, they're like, well, it's okay. you, you, we've all grew up with this. Well, you know, it's okay if the sons of bitches that I vote in cheat on my behalf. They better cheat better than the other sons of bitches in the other state. Well, the problem is that might have been okay. Maybe they were doing it on a small scale, tens of, you know, a couple million here, tens of millions there. Now I think the number's up to a hundred, hundreds of billions of year. And I think that this is why both parties don't want to see this exposed because when the American public finds out that possibly trillions with a T, there's a million millions in one trillion. And when there's when when trillions of dollars might have been stolen by legislators on behalf of the public in their state, let's just say that's what they're going to try to claim. And they skimmed a little bit along the way. They took a little piece for themselves and their friends. I think people are going to lose their shit. And so if you want to know what it's all about, they need to they need to cover up how bad it really is and, and how much they've stolen. You know, keep in mind, in the past two years alone, and this is why business has probably been very good for you, Bobby, is in the past two years, the national debt has probably gone up. It's, it's probably on pace to go up by about five point seven trillion dollars, say two, two and a half years. Well, before. September before the China entered the World Trade Organization, which is between two and three months after September 11th. Surprise, surprise, right? And everybody was everybody was focusing on these little chads in Florida, while Bush's brother Jeb was looking at the count. And then the trader John McCain uh, helped, you know, bring about bring about I think the first rig in Arizona. And as a result of these people colluding, uh, the the national debt, which was $5.7 trillion for the first 224 years of this country's history up to the year 2000, we now have – we've added as much as 224 years in the past 18, 20, 24 months – or 24 to 30 months. Think about that number. And so this is why people 
are nervous, are concerned about, you know, the dollar suffering and the, you know, the U.S. system having issues longer term because they're, they're, they're basically, it's a free-for-all right now. That's what it feels like. They're, ta- they're trying to take as much money as humanly possible from every avenue they can under the guise of viruses, whatever, you know, the economy's weak, everything they can think of to try to grab as much as they possibly can. And so uh, this is what this whole thing is all about. They, they can't grab it anymore if, if people get back in there that are honest, look at the books, check all the accounting, and we're going to probably see thousands of Madoffs. Remember Madoff? His name was even Madoff. He made off with a crime, right? Remember that guy? That guy made off, and then you got the Enron situation 20 years ago. Well, I think that you're going to see over a 1,000 people like Madoff who ripped this country off. So that's that's what I think is happening. I don't disagree with you at all. I truly believe you're 100% right. And I think it's even worse than that. I think it's more than just ripping it off as far as you know money goes. I think that they've been having selections versus elections for decades, at least. And when they introduced all of these electronic voting apparatuses and things like that, it really became a pay-to-play in my book. And I think that uh, that's being shown, and that's why there's so much you know, just reluctancy for anybody, regardless of party, to see these audits go through and why it's so important that uh, we all are active um, in peacefully taking our country back and standing up and calling out these people that obviously are trying to, you know, bury the evidence, bury any kind of, you know, proof that uh, is exactly what you said and what we all feel is happening is is in fact happening it's uh it's crazy and there's so many different states you know you got the five swing states alone right and i think it happens in all 50 to be honest at at everything from the dog catcher level up to the president of the united states and i think that it happens as far as the money goes uh the same thing i think that they've set up these these uh these cities these counties these states as uh, slush funds of sorts to where they're constantly just skimming off the top. If you look at the infrastructure of these cities, these states, you can see how many billions goes into them. Yet what's the output, right? You can see the input, but then when you look at the output, you see that these these elected, so-called elected leaders, they go in, they're worth a hundred grand. Now they're worth 10 million, a hundred million. How does that happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? As a public servant, you know, I'd like to see you, you as an investment guy, what kind of investing do they have to do on a public servant's salary to go from worth a hundred grand to say 10 million or a hundred million? You know what I mean? How, how does that happen? <laughs> well, I mean, we all know there's, there's a, there's a principle, uh, which is very well documented by this, um, I, th- I think he was a philosopher named Occam, and it was uh, I think it was maybe Sir Occam, but Occam's Razor, the most simplest simple, answer. <laughs> yeah, the most simple and elegant solution is usually the reality. So when you look at the path of least resistance, did they earn it by all these all these insane things lining up, or did they steal it? Usually, the answer, <laughs> the easier answer is they stole it. Uh, and and we've been we've been lied to and cheated across the board on so many different levels uh, for decades now. As you said, you know we've been lied to by by by, by the the leaders of religious organizations and churches. Uh, you know I'm Roman Catholic. I think my, our Pope is a criminal personally. You know that's a problem, right? Because I'm not the only one that feels this way. We have we've been lied to in our school system. They've been fleecing us there. 
uh, and then pushing through uh, a communistic, uh, satanic agenda. Uh, so they've been they've been lying to us there. Then you look at um, you know business leaders. How many of those business leaders were actually you know maybe po you know possibly engaged in, in in different types of trades that are illegal, i.e., human trafficking or sex trafficking or laundering? Who knows? We 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 should all look into this. I have no idea. I'm not making any claims, but it sure does look suspect when you look at the when you look at the sheer dollars amounts that have have gone through these systems. And so you know we have that going on. Then we find out about the politicians. So it's a it's a little you know it's a little disheartening at times. But then at the same time, you know I think we're in the best spot we've ever been at in my lifetime at least that at least we're we're admitting we have a problem. <laughs> it's like Houston, we have a problem. We're admitting we have a problem. And like I say to people that are a little down about what's going on in Arizona, I said Arizona has 80,000 Arizonans for each elected official of the 90 people in the House and the in the state Senate. 80,000. So if we if if they don't do the right thing and just 1% of those people show up to protest you're talking about 72,000 Americans. And you know what? There's a lot of Arizonans all across America. I did that YouTube clip. We're all Arizonans now. And I really do believe that. We're all watching this race. We're watching how they're going to make sure they do the right count. And I'd like to go over how they're running some of these scams, by the way, before we get off. I'll, I'll walk through a couple of them. You guys can start researching in your own towns. <laughs> and you can see for yourself. Don't have to. You don't have to believe anything Bobby says. Go test out what Bobby says, and then you'll see one way or another if Bobby's crazy. <laughs> I love it. That is that is awesome. So you got the data and then a way to verify it. Oh, yeah. No, no. I'll show yeah. I'll, I'll explain to you. I'm going to explain uh, how people can start to verify this process on their own. And then they can see it, and they can be like, holy shit, this has been happening for how long? And uh, and then once they see that, they think, you know, a little bit of anger is going to set in. Just that's a normal emotion. I was extremely angry, uh, yelling. My, my wife asked me to calm down. You know, uh, I was screaming in the house a little bit, swearing, cursing uh, when I was first going through this stuff in December. Um, and, and that's a normal reaction, folks. So if you start cursing and yelling and just in disbelief, you're on the right track. <laughs> yeah. What'd you, what'd no, you, you yeah, it's you know it's 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 anger, but it's justified anger, and then you find a way to peacefully channel that, and that's you know so many things you were saying right there is just like wow, it's like I'm hearing myself talk. It's uh, it's it's refreshing, and it's also you know it's it's just great for uh, the fam to hear that as well because we are far more than they, and I think it was. Wasn't it uh, you that said there's about 616,000 of us to every one of them? And, uh, I believe and, you and said Congress. that. That's in common. Yeah. So, right. yeah. And, and uh, keep in mind, and what I'll specify that I think they're lying on the census data. Okay. So I'm going to take the time to explain all this uh, because when I look at all this data going back 30, 40, 50 years, and you can pull all this data down, folks. You can go to the economic reports of the president going back through time. They're three to 500 pages each. Go download the reports and see for yourself that the numbers don't tie out. And they have their own little mathematicians kind of fudging things here and there. And I think that there's a lot of shenanigans going on. And uh, the one thing I will say about this 2020 census is the population didn't go uh, go up as much because I think they're trying to, like, grow themselves out of the problem through illegal immigration. 
So they're like, well, we told everybody there's 330 million Americans. Let in 20 million more. <laughs> Let them in. We already told everybody there was 330. We only have 300. Damn it. Get another 30 in. And, and that's why they're trying to let in as many illegals as they can is because they need to cover up their crimes for the past two decades. And that's what they don't want to tell you. That's a dirty little secret that they have as to why they need more bodies. Fill the damn bodies. You know, put them in. It kind of reminds me of that movie from Gangs in New York. Remember that scene where uh, they were bringing in the Irish? You know, they were like having them sign up to be Americans and they hand them a gun. (laughs) You got to go fight. Remember that? (laughs) It's what it feels like. It's like bring them in as many as you can. Open the damn borders. Get them in here. And uh, send them all over the country, too. Send send them to this area. Send them to this area. 20, 30. Hey, you know what? It'd be cool to see the areas of the country that they're trying to send all these illegals and refugees, what the true count looked like and what they were reporting to the census. That would be cool. You know what? You gave me an idea. I'm going to have to see if I can find out where they were sending the, all these illegals. And then maybe that gives you an idea how much corruption was taking place in each of these communities and states across the country. Yeah. Yeah. You're hitting the nail on the head and that's what terrifies them because we've been lied to for so long and this is so much worse than anybody knows. And with them controlling the education systems, with them controlling, you know, the justice systems, with them controlling, you know, the politics and controlling, you know, basically the media and social media, it makes it very difficult to where uh, we're all able to kind of get together and shine the sunlight on it, so to speak. We kind of look like uh, crazy people a little bit because when we start talking about it, they censor us or, you know, they you know call us crazy and they just go on full attack um, using the traditional media, which I would say at least 50% of the population at least is still, you know, watching. I believe that 80% of people are conservative, 19% are about socialism and just they're Democrats. And then you get that crazy 1%, you know, kind of like you go back to old Russia, you know, like with the Bolsheviks and you had this small, small group of like 10,000 people that kind of created that revolution that was, you know, funded by, you know, Americans, believe it or not, Germans, people like that to end up overthrowing uh, Russia. And that's the same playbook they're using here is they're trying to control the every facet of, of our Republic using this very small, crazy 1%. And if we're able to get our voices out and we're able to show up peacefully, this stuff could change because we're seeing now in broad daylight how, you know, they're they're able to take things from us and then just make us look like crazy people for questioning it. And it's so important when you have the data and a way to verify it, like yourself and like Dr. Shiva and like so many others, Dan Schultz with his Committeeman project. I'm not sure if you've followed that, but with uh, like Operation Sunlight, think of it as kind of like a hub where we plug in all these amazing people that already have these amazing, you know, technologies or movements. They just don't quite have that traction yet. They're still a little splintered. And so then, you know, we, we get this hub to where the people are actually able to do something about it. So say, for instance, like in Arizona, when you're talking about the masses that we, we have there, imagine if, you know, 3% of Arizona went down to the Supreme Court and peacefully demanded them to do the right thing or the Secretary of State's office or the AG to, like, investigate people like 
douchey and people like you know uh, the secretary of state and their ties into this stuff if we'd actually start to see some things but and the reason why we don't yet is because so many people have just been using social media and things like that to get their voices at and one of the things that i heard uh, you uh, say that really strikes a chord with me is actually getting out there and physically physically um, showing up you know peacefully of course but peacefully calling this stuff out do you think that would have an effect with the data that you've done with our sheer group of numbers do you think that that would have a positive effect and getting these people to either a do the right things just because they don't want thousands of people calling them out every single day on the way from their car to the office do you think that would have an effect uh, peacefully calling these people out the people that actually um, are the ones that created the problem or the people that can fix the problem I, I absolutely think it would have a massive effect. And what I would say is, um, you know, to use a technology, whether it be cell phones or GoPros, is as, as the economy opens up and people aren't wearing masks, that, you know, you go to these events where you have technology and everything being recorded um, so that we, you know, we can defend any allegations that these terrorists try to make against peaceful demonstrations. But there's no need to get violent. You know, there's a simple reason why we have no need to ever get violent. We outnumber them 80,000 to one in Arizona. 80,000. If we want to get violent, we could rip them into shreds, right? I mean, you don't need 80,000 people to rip one person apart. <laughs> you know? It's a little overkill. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know what I'm saying? So, so we don't need ever to get violent. But what we do need to do is if you have 1,000 people calling that person's office every single day, around the clock and we have lawyers filing suits against that politician every single week non-stop and we make sure that social media has a you know a loud sound ringing into their ear non-stop you know not just from Arizona but patriots around the country a massive megaphone on 90 people's lives because they didn't do the right thing and we just we basically yell at them for whatever, the next 900, 1,000 days straight, you get yelled at by 1,000 people a day. Think about that. 1,000 people a day yelling at you for 1,000 days is a million voices. <laughs> if, if, you can, if you could weather that storm, Bobby, <laughs> then maybe you deserve to stay in office. <laughs> All I'm saying is you get them to resign and do the right thing if they did the wrong thing and then you hold new elections. So if they don't do the right thing, I've, I made it vocal. I tweeted this out yesterday and posted it on, on Telegram. If they do not do the right thing, then I, I'm calling for Arizona to go on strike. You know, they do it in France. They do it in Europe. You know what? They shut down the whole damn economy in this country a year ago, uh, you know, for the virus and, and all these businesses got wiped out. There's still 9 million Americans out of work. And if they can shut down, uh, you know, the economy over a virus, which uh, is questionable as to how deadly it truly was when you look at the flu, um, you know, and I'm not I'm not a scientist. I'm just saying you should look at all the stats. And that's a whole nother conversation, by the way. You should look at the CDC numbers they have in 2018. They have about 600, 700,000 you are unidentified deaths in the CDC numbers. And I'm really curious to see what those numbers look like in 2019 and 2020. How many of those you votes or you votes or you deaths shrank as they do the counts? Anyways, I'm still waiting for the data. I haven't seen it come through. But going back to this whole concept of, you know, we 
we need to tell them that, you know, we need to, we need to show them what the reality is. Here's the reality. We, the people call the shots. Let's say it together, everybody. We, the people call the shots. Now we just need to start acting like it. Okay. We don't act like it. We do not act like we call the shots. We let one person bully 80,000. <laughs> it's a really crazy concept. You got one person bullying 80,000. And then, you know, we have one person in Congress bullying 600,000 because they have a megaphone called this corrupt mainstream media that, you know, Smith Munt Act in 2012, I think that that Barry, Benedict Barry, uh, uh, allowed propaganda on U.S. soil to occur. You know, where's the outrage about that? And, you know, this this is what I'm talking about, is that as people learn how they're playing this corrupt game, you know, they'll change it up. I, I, I had an interview with someone, like I said, from the Daily Beast. I have a witness when I have interviews. And I did a video immediately afterwards. And then they wrote this this article, which is extremely misrepresenting the conversation I had. But I preempted them. I knew, I said, you know what, I'll do the interview. I'm going to have a witness. And, you know, it's my wife. And I'm going to write this. I'm going to I'm going to do a video explaining what I talked about. And I want to see them just lie right in written form right after the damn interview. And sure enough, they did. And so uh, her name was Kelly Weil of the Daily Beast, W-E-I-L-L. And anyways, but that's how we beat them at their game. We say, okay, fine, we'll listen. And then you document everything. You have witnesses and you get the message out before them and you beat them to the punch in this crap that they like to try to play. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that actually, that actually sounds, sounds like, like a, a Bible, something, something like that. that. It sounds oh, it like I got like an echo again. Yeah, whenever I, I've got this mobile setup here. So when I go and I'm, I'm trying to look across all the different platforms, we got fam on, you know, Pilled and Foxhole and DLive and YouTube and uh, Twitch and all over the place. And it seems like when I go screen to screen, it I, I'm going to have to stop doing that. So sorry, fam. I'm not going to be able to check um, all the chat. Uh, sorry about that. But uh, yeah, we've got uh, well over a thousand uh, of the fam hanging out with us right now. So hopefully the echo has gone. But um, yeah, and one of the things I keep seeing in the chat here on the on the YouTube side of things is uh, people that they they're looking at uh, celebrities and and people like that to fill these prominent roles, and I think that's misguided as well. I understand that it, it is kind of a popularity contest of sorts, but what in the world makes you know a Jenner or like Schwarzenegger or somebody like that qualified? You know what I mean to to run a, a state. We need somebody that understands the Constitution running states. You know, we need we need patriots running these states, going back to like our, our founding fathers, because I truly believe if we take the power back at a state level, we can change everything because the states are what created the central government, the federal government, whatever you want to call it. And if we're able to take these things back at, you know, at a precinct level, a city level, a county level, state level, that's how we can actually have some effect because you're right. And you know, with, with the media, if you control the states, you'd be able to control the media. When they smear you, things like that, that could be some kind of lawsuit. That could actually end up being something that the state could intervene on when they're doing stuff malicious like that uh, because, you know, that's the state assembly would have the power to create laws 
to punish, um, you know, like misinformation on purpose. I understand people sometimes they make mistakes when they say something and they're supposed to write a retraction. But what we see in the media now is they're actually, you know, the people making all the talking points and they're the ones, they're, they're no longer reporting. They're basically just trying to craft the narrative as wrong and as misguided and as communist as it is. And it's getting a pass and people feel like there's nothing they can do. But like with what you're doing, if they're able to take back Arizona and they're able to take back a lot of the seats at a precinct level and then, you know, state, county, city level, all that type of stuff, they could actually change the way the voting system works. They could change the way the media works. We would win because, like you said, there's 80,000 of us to one of them. So I think it's very important that we're able to put this into like something that's very, the data is easy to find, it's easy to verify, and then it shows the action steps for people to take. What would your biggest action steps for the citizens of Arizona to be right now to make sure that this audit goes through, to make sure that your hard work and everybody else's hard work actually sees the light of day and the right things happen? Okay, and this is good. This You just kind of handed me a layup. You just said, here you go, Bobby. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, we're, 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 you're gonna just toss you a softball here, and you're gonna hit this sucker. Anyways, this is what I would do, and I'm, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna probably do a. If you want to clip this out, that'd be great, and I'm gonna do another clip where I just talk about this. What I would suggest that every person in Arizona does, and then eventually every person across the United States does that can afford it, or buy it with family and friends, go buy a copy of the voter registration files of your state. Go buy a copy of it, get it. It's like some states it's free, some states it's 10, 20 bucks, 50 bucks. Go get it. It's money well spent, folks. Go own it for yourself. And then what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to find out and write on a separate little sheet of paper before you look at the data. Write down all the names of everybody in your family. So everybody with your last name and who they are, your cousins and your aunts and your, you know, your your siblings and your parents, write them all out. Write out your list. And maybe you have 50 people, maybe you have 100, maybe you have 200, whatever it is. Just write it all out first. And then, you know, get their phone number, get it all in one list, put it into Excel. And, you know, say you're doing a family reunion. That's what I, we, like, we should call it the family reunion project. And you get the little family reunion project going and you're like, oh, look at this. There's, uh, you know, there's 50 pythons over here, 100 pythons, and you call them all up. Then I want you to take that list and I want you to pull up your voting records for your state. And then I want you to go look at how many pythons or how many how many beetles there are and how many how many other last names there are of your family. How many times did they create a phantom one of you? You might I'll give you an example in Illinois. My dad had a unique spelling, J-O-Z-E-F, Yosef. Okay, he died when he was 89. Illinois records, they made him 80. They dropped him nine years when he, after he died. My sister has a unique spelling. There's only one person with her name, according to the Social Security Administration, in the United States with her first and last name. They made my sister nine years older. So they took my dad and made him nine years younger. They made my sister nine years older. And guess what? I told my sister, she's got a son named Tomas now too. So they created a phantom family within Illinois, a few counties, you know, a county away that nobody looks at it. And this is the kind of shit that they're doing all over this country. 
and this is the way you prove it. You say, you know what, Bobby, you know what, I'm going to go take a look. I'm going to go see, hey, how many Bobby Pythons are there out there? A Robert Pythons, there's a Rob Python, there's probably a Bobby Python, and there's a, there's a Roberto Python. They come up with all these different iterations of your name. And then they just have you age differently. And it's like, oh, Bobby's 45 here, he's 53 over here, he's 46 over here. And they, they scatter you around the state because you don't look. So you don't look around. So then my question to you is, how much fraud is taking place where these people are, are you know, possibly creating credit cards? Maybe they're buying stuff illegally. Maybe they're getting federal money. What other scams are they running off of all these fake identities, folks? And is it only Americans doing this? Maybe it's the Chinese. Maybe it's the Russians. Maybe it's other groups that have come to this country and they figured out how to run scams with our structure. So they scam us with regards to defrauding the American people through the federal government. They defraud our institutions where we all pay for it because theft is theft. We all pay for it if there's a lot of fraud. And then they turn around and uh, they steal our vote because if you don't have a full vote, they're stealing your vote. So that's just one way that every single person in Arizona can get to work. Get to work <laughs> and look it up is what I would say. And then you'll be shocked. You'll be blown away, folks, if you just do that. That's huge. Yeah, and especially uh, you being from Illinois, that's where a, a ton of the Beatles came from. So I would be interested to see <laughs> how many, exactly, how many are still there, plus in California, of course, in Nevada. So it would be uh, very interesting to see that as well as Virginia. We have a, a big footprint uh, in those states for sure. But uh, that's, that's huge because people can actually do that. And a lot of that stuff, they can actually just download you know, from, you know, the, whoever's controlling, the, whoever their county clerk is for the elections, or if you want the entire state role, I think you can get it from the Secretary of State in some of the states and not have to pay for it. Um, my son, Aaron, he just made an entire list of every state, every county. There's like, what, 30,000? Hey, have him email it to me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, gave it to Dr. Shiva, and I'll give it to you as well. Yeah, it's awesome. a list of every county clerk, their yeah. name, their email address, awesome. everything. That, please, please send it to me. I have an idea for something. And I've been meaning to get that data together. So it's good that you're telling me this because it'd be it would be super helpful if you don't mind sharing it with me. Not at all. Not at all. I'm just we're just going to give it to the world for free. We gave it to Shiva for free because he's got his uh, his his ongoing lawsuits and he's got a systems approach to you know to voter shenanigans. So I figured that would help. Um, I don't know if he's used it yet or not. I sent it to him a couple of days ago and we'll post it on our website. You can you can have it. Everybody can have it. That's the idea. Awesome. They can just download it and have access to who their clerks are so they know where to go for um, all the information and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, so many people, they're always wondering, you know, what, what can I do? You know, like they just feel defeated. And so this is another great thing that they can do. They can become a committeeman. They can do like what you said right there. They can uh, request the, uh, the voter participation, the ballots cast, like for Shiva, then he uses his big brain and team to, to see the shenanigans. You're looking for shenanigans in Arizona. I'd love to see you do it in every state because I yeah. believe this is, oh, no, California would be my next. Yeah. So by the way, Bobby, here's the deal <clears throat> is I haven't, I don't have the website up, but in the next few days, I'm going to set up a give, send, go campaign. And I'm going to, I did a budget. It's going to probably cost me about $110,000 to hire two people, uh, two to three people, 25, 30 hours a week. That's payroll. I'm not taking a penny of pay for myself, but I'm going to rent an office space. I'm going to get some computers, get phones, some furniture, and the budget for 12 months is 110 grand. 
because you know I I'm, I need to pay people to do this full time, to follow up with the phone calls, to do the emails, to get the lists. I don't have enough time to do it all by myself, and frankly, it's not worth my time. But since I'm doing all this work for free, my, my wife, this is our compromise. She's like, Bobby, I don't mind you spending 20, 30 plus hours doing this. But if you want to, you know, use our money too to do all this, I'm not cool with that part, which which is legit. And I said, well, then maybe I'll set up a give, send, go campaign, rent an office, tell, you know, go through and come up with a war, war plan, so to speak, and do these phantom voter scores and give them away for free. So it's like, you know, the give, send, go. If you give, I'm going to charge for the data. It's going to be like people send the voter rolls. I'm going to give them back what the phantom voter scores are so that when people look at their rolls, they know where to look. Wow, Bobby says that these are the top 10 most names out of a million that we should look at first. Oh, here they're sorted by precinct. This is my precinct. Let's go see how many times Bobby's wrong. <laughs> and that's okay. And, and this is the way we do it. We should make it a game. It should be like, okay, let's make it be fun. And then come up with the scores and the algorithms will continue to change. So I'll let you know. I'd love to come back on when, when I have this up and running. And I'll, I'll explain what we're doing and how the progress is. But I'm with you. I, I want to make it so that all 3,143 counties in this country, they have the data set. We have a how-to guide on how people can get involved. Maybe we also have Americans go spot check to see who's real from these phantom voter scores. Think about that. Can you imagine if we have an army of Americans that just go and check to see if these addresses exist? So Bobby's like, oh, he's like, hey, he's saying that these 48 uh, addresses in this precinct, you know, in this precinct of 2000 uh, might not be real or their businesses. So why are they having people register to vote there? Let's go take a look. Honey, let's get in the car. And then you take a photo, <laughs> we set it up on the site, and then we we, we serve them with affidavits or, or lawsuits. So this is this is the way we take the damn country back, is we, we stamp out the weeds. These are all weeds everywhere, uh, one by one, and we expose sunshine, like you said, some Operation Sunlight, Get it all out there and show everybody where the problems are and, and put an end to this once and for all. Because we need to do this on an ongoing basis, folks. You know, we, believe it or not, we eat every day. <laughs> we need energy. We drink every day, right? Some of us alcohol. <laughs> but anyways, my point is we have to be active citizens every day, or at least once a week. Be active. You know, is did I lose you? Just for a second, yeah, something happened. But but you're back, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just saying that we, we all need to get active in citizenship in this country if we don't want to lose our freedom. Because here's the deal. Let me, uh, And I hope it's okay if I say this. Of course. If these, if these people, and, you know, I talk, I, I've been very vocal against partial birth abortion. That's actually what got me involved in politics, folks. A couple of years ago, when the when the governor of Virginia said it's okay to slaughter a baby moments before birth, that's when I started to pay attention. I was very hot and angry when this happened. And as I researched it, and I found out that they take a baby, the baby's head is still in the mother, and they sever the spinal cord. And this is allowed while the baby's kicking, as long as the mother did this, right? Like agreed to do this. And that you know, I, I, a couple things. Number one, a lot of women suffer from prepartum depression. And so you would never give somebody who's suicidal a gun. You would never give them a bunch of razor blades. 
But yet the abortion industry, which is just nothing more than merchants of death, they encourage these women to slaughter their babies. So I'm not mad at the women that do this because they might be vulnerable. And frankly, they're the victims of evil, satanic people. But then the other thing I would say about these abortions, these partial birth abortions that they've been pushing through, is who looks at the dead bodies? And, you know, I asked that that question. I know it's a gruesome question to ask, but how many of these partial birth abortions are being sold into the sex trade or the the human trafficking trade? Because the mother thinks the baby's dead. So they just say, you know what? Oh, we got another unregistered human. Let's get them out of here. They're worth $10,000. They're worth $50,000. Take that baby out of here before the mother has to see the damn body. You know, who knows if that's happening? But this is how sick and evil these people are. And so this is what we're up against. And if they're willing to kill and slaughter babies and, and drown them in saline solution, if it's a botched abortion, what the hell do you think they're going to do to us? You think that if they can slaughter the most innocent human beings on earth, babies, you think they're going to have a problem killing people that, that don't agree with them, that speak up against them? They're going to have no problem at all, folks. And they're going to get the cattle cars and other stuff and try to round us up. I think I joked around and, you know, it's a scary thing because I'm not joking, but I think it's a possibility. They can try to ship us off in cargo containers that they bring in all the cheap shit from China with and then set us into those and then send our bodies back to China. Who the hell knows? I don't push anything past these satanic people. We need to wake the hell up and, 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 and fight back through our voice, through putting in the right politicians, the right procedures, and put an end to this. Because we're in the middle of World War III, whether you like it or not. It may not be with guns, and there might not be bodies on the battlefield like there were in, in wars of the past, but this is an ideological war of Satanists against Christians and other religions. You know, uh, in particular, they're really focusing on knocking out the Christians and, and Judeo-Christian values. Christians, in particular, are being probably the most persecuted right now because they want to take the entire planet. And if we lose the United States, humanity's done. Well said. So many different things that you uh, just nailed right there. I'm getting an echo again. Hopefully, uh, can you hear an echo on your side? No. Uh, okay. One of the one of the joys of being uh, mobile, but uh, with a little mobile workstation, praying the uh, internet stays stays strong. But yeah, I mean, for people that think that uh, Bobby's lost his mind on stuff like that, it's uh, it's actually easy to find. You can see like Planned Parenthood. They were actually caught in in fashion of like Project Veritas, where they were caught discussing, you know, the basically selling of, of babies and body parts, and all, all kinds of horrific things. And hell is too good for these people. And, and um, yeah, this this absolutely has to uh, has to stop. Uh, and we definitely need to take back our states to do this because these people, you know, like I said, hell is too good for these people. It's, it's, it's just horrible, horrible what's going on. And like I said, you can find the uh, the evidence out there. So it, it is out there. You can find that evidence. Um, you know, on I guess uh, you know a lighter note of sorts. Um, you know, you cover a lot of uh, financial talks uh, on on your YouTube channel, right? So, um, what is it that um, you see going on right now? And I guess you know, in the financial world, we see these trillions and trillions of dollars being printed, and then we've got the Fed telling us there's like two to three percent inflation when i look at rent going up basically across the nation and i own a ton of real estate and i see it going up across the you know the u.s i see the price of oil you know 
up by like 50%. I see building materials, you know, going up by like 100%. I don't see the wages doing that, but I see all the costs of living doing that. What do you think the real rate of inflation is right now? And by taking back our states, do you think we could actually take back how these create and spend our money? Because we know it's not going to us. It's going overseas. And just like you said, with, with the kids, God only knows what, what they're doing with them and where they're going. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the the real inflation rate is, is definitely in excess of, you know, it's definitely in excess of 5%, which is off the charts. It's probably closer to over 8% right now, based on all these things and how it's computed. And that's a horrific number. Um, you know, um, it, that can lead to a devastating effect on the real economy once people start to realize that that number is sticky, right? Inflation is a sticky thing that changes the discount rates of all assets in an economy. So that's number one. With regards to um, this country 100 something years ago, we all, all levels of government, uh, state, local, and federal taxes, they used to get one $1 out of every $8 we earned. So we used to give them 12 cents to run all levels of government in this country. Um, today, we give them $1 out of every 250 we earn. So think about that ratio, one out of every 250 that we earn. And so my point is the way you end inflation is you cut all government fraud and spending you, because when you when you let the government take off like this the skims get too big and they cause a society to collapse so the best thing to do is literally put a tourniquet on it sever it and just you know sever the size of the government i think the size of the government should be cut in half in the next five years ten years at the most and we could do it by one to five percent cuts every year just glide it down you don't want to devastate everybody you know, all these government workers, I feel for you. I'm not mad at you folks. You didn't do anything wrong. I'm not mad at the government workers. It's not what this is about. The economy can't handle that much. And so we need to figure out a, a, a very equitable and fair way to guide it down and make the cuts systematically across all levels of government and then let that money get freed up for the public to get it back. And then the other thing I think we should do uh, is we should do a debt jubilee. <laughs> Even if we do a half a haircut or something, the debt of this country was $5.7 trillion back in 2000, and now it's over $30 trillion of the federal. I think I think a lot of that was fictitious. I don't even think it was real debt. We should audit where all this money was spent. We should have receipts, folks. We should. That's why they hate blockchain, by the way, because then you can have a you can have a record of how the federal government money spent, how the money was spent by the federal government if you have a blockchain. <laughs> so so don't have a blockchain, you because then we we have a paper trail. We we said we spent five hundred billion here, but we only have receipts for three hundred. Shit, they, they found out that we took 200 billion. <laughs> like these bonds aren't even real. So they, they, they might be creating 200 billion dollars of fictitious bonds and then they're getting paid three billion a year off of thin air. You know who the hell knows what they're doing. I'm saying is because this might be happening, we need to investigate it all and then find out how much was fluff, how much is really there. and then we just go swoop it cut cut the sucker down and and you you don't cut the bonds for people that did the right thing i'm not talking about haircutting the average american 
that did the right thing and saved and put money in the bond market and was trying to do the right thing in this country. I'm talking about all the bondholders. We all know who those are, folks. I'm talking about the Uber elites, the ones that uh, they kind of ran the board on us. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they stole hundreds of billions, if not trillions over the last decade. Those are the ones you just take all the bonds away and just say, we're going to prosecute you under RICO now. Uh, as well. So not only are we taking all this money back that you guys fraudulently stole out of accounting entries where you never gave anybody anything for the money that you said you were owed, uh, you're going to jail too. And that's being that's being nice. Uh, if we do it for treason, uh, that's a different outcome. Yeah. And, and for the fam that a lot of them think that, man, there's just so much corruption. You know, I'm just one person. I don't know what to do. I can't do anything about it. It's a wrap. Everything's, you know, circling the drain. Forget about it. That's why it's so important. Like just everything that you mentioned right there, if we're able to take back our precincts or cities or states, everything you mentioned right there is just another action item in the to-do list of cleaning up all this corruption. You know what I mean? It's something that can actually be done if people actually organize and unite because what we've seen is the people on the left um even like you know the crazy one percent most of them are funded by like soros type outfits and things like that they're actually paid to create all this chaos and they're trying to make it look like it's some kind of organic movement when we've seen these antifa types chanting you know soros where's our money right because they're being paid to do this craziness well we can peacefully essentially just take back our precincts or cities our counties our states things like that and actually do everything bobby was just talking about right there as well as fix our justice system because we're going to have to fix that right because at some point we're going to have to be able to trust our judges to do the constitutional thing not to do you know whoever paid them off right but to do what's constitutional and do what's right and so there's a lot of moving pieces here but just by taking back our states that can do so much and that's why i think that you, one of your first one of your first endeavors would be great after arizona would be california because there's 55 electoral votes right there and we've heard that 80 percent of it went to trump regardless of what they said you know the night of the night of the election when they called it at 8 p.m and there was like supposedly 10 to 14 million missing ballots but yet they still called it for biden i would love to see a real hardcore forensic audit right there because that alone would obviously change the results of the election and that alone would show how corrupt you know that one state is it would be kind of a way to you know figure out how corrupt all the other ones are because that one's got 55 electoral votes and it's kind of like the beginning it's like where all the craziness starts in california and kind of goes east so if you're able to clean that one up that would be huge what's what's your thoughts on on california there well i think california has very uh Terrific laws uh, for people to look at their voter records, believe it or not. So um, what you know, I've, I've talked to some folks about it. So in order for me to ever really look at it and publicly comment on California vo uh, voter rolls and everything, um, I would need to find someone who ran for Senate. There's one gentleman that I, I was in contact in December. I still have his contact information. So maybe I need to reach back out to him or somebody needs to run for Senate and then I need to join their team. So I have the only way I can look at the data, I, you know, it'd have to be like Bobby Beatles, you're running for Senate and you're going to be like, why are you running for Senate? Because Bobby needs the data and he's going to work. <laughs> he's going to he, he has a right to look at the data if I'm if I officially uh, am running for Senate because you have you have a right to the data and then you have a right to have your data guy look at the data. 
So this is the way California made it. They made it very hard for people to try to and look into what the hell they're doing. Okay, so it sounds like everything's on the up and up <laughs> when you do it that way. So to answer your question, I do think that you're on to something here. I think there's about 40 million records. Maybe it's maybe. No, no, not 40 million. I think California, what is it? 40, 50 million people, probably 40 million people, probably 20, 25 million records. If I had to guess registered voters in California, that's a it's a big project. There's no doubt about that. It's about five, six times as big as the Arizona records that I had looked at. And so I think um, I think that uh, um, I think if I get this give, send, go thing going for voter integrity, um, I, I, uh, I, I bet I'm, I'm going I'm going to help a candidate that's running for governor in Illinois uh, go through all the data. I already told them Illinois since I live here. Uh, I think there's eight million records here. So Illinois will be a good test case because I think it's pretty corrupt in California. They, they go they go neck and neck. They're like two race cars trying to see who's the most corrupt state in the union. And I think that if I did Illinois, and a lot of the techniques from Illinois, I, I apply to California, maybe they'll be next. So maybe I turn around if I raised 110000 and I say, you know what? I'm going to hire one or two more people. It's going to cost 50000 each person to hire, and they're just going to work on California. This, do Californians want to fund it? Send me send a hundred thousand, and I'm gonna I'm gonna open source the books on any money I raise for this, and I'm gonna say here's the budget. Uh, I'll find a local accountant that signs off on it, you know, and says, oh, Bobby spent this much on payroll. They don't need to know who's working for me. I don't want them to get bullied. <laughs> but, but in terms of this is what was paid. Nope, Bobby did not receive any of the pay. And here's how much was spent on rent and insurance. And then just oh, to, I, I want full accounting, like where it's like. People don't sit because I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't want to give money to this guy. I don't know what the hell they're going to do with the money. <laughs> and so my attitude is maybe we should blockchain it, Bobby. Maybe we need, I need to sit down with you and say, hey, Bobby, how do we blockchain this that the people that donate to help with this voter integrity, we just have it like on the up and up. Here's the freaking blockchain <laughs> on how the money is being spent. And then we kind of, you know, set it up as a template for uh, how, how we do um how we, you know, how other foundations or nonprofits have to have to abide by the blockchain and say, hey, you know, you you wanted this money. Let's see how the hell you spent it. Um, anyways, so to answer your question, yes, I after I'm done with Arizona and do Illinois, I will definitely I'm more than happy to talk to you. But I did tell somebody who might run for governor in Georgia that I would look at Georgia, too. So that's what I'm saying. I'm a little stretched thin right now. I'm going to need a few bodies to help. Uh, because uh, um, I know what needs to be done, and, and uh, but I only have so many hours in the day, and I got to make sure that I, um, I don't. I'm, I'm very careful about the algorithms, as you can imagine, because I don't want them to know that I know how they're cheating. <laughs> so it's like it's a tricky thing, right? You're like you're trying to like trying to show how they're cheating, but you don't want them to know that you exactly know how they're creating the cheat or the cheat creating the scam. <laughs> Because you don't want you don't want to you don't want them to reverse you know like change it up. I don't want them to change up how they're creating the the cheating. And I'm sure they got some people working on it, and they might be trying to think, does he really have what we think he has? It's like a it's like a game of poker. <laughs> does, he, does this guy does this guy really have something, or is he just playing us with uh, you know deuce eight? <laughs> yep. 
I hear you. Bobby's got the cheat codes. He knows what's up. That's funny. Yeah, and you don't want them to know either because it'd be like, you know, I don't know, like an illegal drop, right? You know, some kind of illegal transaction. If you know when the drop's going to be and people know that you know it, when they'll, they wouldn't show up or they would change the drop, right? So yeah. same same type of thing. And as far as, you know, your, uh, your GoFundMe, I mean, we've got hundreds of thousands, if not uh, close to a million people now just within, you know, our email list as well as you know, the, the different, the different platforms we're on. And I know there's a lot of people that want to help. And just like with Operation Sunlight, we get that all the time where they want to donate their time, you know, to help something like this. And, you know, of course I'll, I'll donate uh, to whatever you set up. And it'd be nice to see Trump actually donate to what you set up because they raised about $300 million for voter integrity. And uh, even Dr. Sheba is trying to figure out where that 300 million went. So, you know, uh, I'm sure he could, you know, kick in, you know, maybe a few hundred grand to help this. And uh, I'll definitely help as well. And especially if you can get to California sooner than later, later, because I don't think we have till 2022. I think this is something we have to take well, care of. We have enough time. Like you said, we have 18 months plus to do this. And I think that this this work on the voter, the phantom voter scores, the formulas that I'm doing and what I've created, once once the whole thing is built for Arizona, I just need to be able to drop the data sets in and it spits out the scores is the way I'm structuring it. So think of it as like it's um, it's literally um, um, I'm, I, I'm creating the skeleton. So it's like, okay, so, you know, like you give me five, you know, like right now I can't handle 20 million records is the problem. I can handle, I can handle a little over a million at a time, but I'm saying is as I build out a SQL database uh, more fully and, and be able to drop that, that size of records into it, it should be able to do it pretty quickly. And then over time, the, it'll, I think it'll, I'll be able to even develop better scores by pulling these data sets from across the nation and then being able to cross-reference, uh, you know, not just internally how there's a bunch of beetles, right, showing up and uh, that you didn't know about, but you might be able to be like, hey, hey, Bobby, uh, you know, with, with this Python points that you got going on with this voter stuff, how many beetles are there in America? <laughs> And how many of them are 45 years old or 35 years old? And then you see the whole distribution of your whole family. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. How cool would that be? That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to make it fun so that when people look at it, they're like, what the hell is going on? I'm trying to make that what the hell is going on moment occur over and over again so that people, when I say this is happening, they're like, ah, whatever, Bobby, prove it to me. And it's like, fine, type your damn name in. <laughs> 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 Here you are. <laughs> yep, exactly. So then, so then, when people are like that, they're going to get angry. They're going to be like, "What the?" F <laughs> Especially when it directly affects them, right? Yes. It's my name. It's my name. <laughs> it's, my, it's my freaking name. And look they at this. Cloned me. They 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 name one of my kids my great grandmother. When the hell did that happen? My great. <laughs> and that's that's where that's where you get. You want to get the American public involved. This is how I think you get them involved. So um, let me let me get through this week with Arizona and then um, I may, you know, I'll, I may be setting up that give, send, go thing in the next few days or something just to kind of get the ball rolling. And, you know, uh, if I raise one hundred ten thousand, I'll probably stop it, get everything up and running, hire the couple people and show the progress before I, I go and raise more money and then just kind of show everybody. And that's why I've, I'm not joking when I say let's talk about how we can come up with a mechanism to blockchain it. So people can see how it's being spent or something or, you know, to work with a local accountant that comes in and checks 
hey, this is how much money is here. This is how much came in. This is what it was spent on. And here are the categories. You know, this is payroll. This this is uh, income tax, federal, state, you know, all that jazz. So that people know, people start to demand this all the time. It's like, hey, if I'm going to give money to this, I want to see monthly or at a minimum quarterly financials. Let me see the quarterly damn numbers. How much you got left in the kitty? <laughs> how many employees you got? What's the average person making per hour? And what's your damn results? So what'd you guys get done last month <laughs> or last quarter? Let's see something. We want a deliverable. It doesn't matter if I donated 10 bucks. I want my damn deliverable. What did you guys get done? <laughs> so, so you got to show them what you got done or, or you got to tell them what you're still in the middle of working on. And I think that's that's the way I wouldn't want my name attached to it, um, you know, unless that's the process that's followed, because um, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in just kind of like hoping for the best. I need I need to see tangible results. And uh, so that's one of the reasons why I've been kind of just working on it on my own till I, I kind of see how this all uh, how this all was being developed and played out with these phantom voter scores. Now, I think I'm at the point where it's like I could take this and kind of run with it now. To, sh to show this not just after Arizona, but in my state and then nationwide. No, I love it. That's um, I actually know a couple of different companies in the blockchain space that actually handle like a GoFundMe type account where it is blockchain based. You can see the money come in. You can see how much is left, uh, you know, with with whoever created it, where it's being sent to. The only problem is with crypto, not everybody uses crypto. It's it's a very small percentage of the population. So um, with an account would probably make more sense for something like this in the beginning. But I'm happy to speak with you, of course. And, you know, after this, just stick around. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more okay. about a couple different things. But um, yeah, I definitely know people already in the space that have created what you're asking for. So we wouldn't have to build something. It's already out there. Uh, but again, with anything blockchain or anything technology based, you have to trust the creators of it. Just like ESNS voting, just like Dominion, somebody created that code. You got to trust the creator of the code blockchain no different you have to trust whoever created it uh, just like bitcoin with satoshi nakamoto whoever he she they are you have to trust them so there is there is that little misconception with bitcoin or with blockchain in general uh, and i'm happy to take you through how everything works with it um potential liabilities we have a, a software development company where we have some of the best uh, coders on the planet that that's all they do and so they can look through the code if you want and see okay. if there's any uh, vulnerabilities but um yeah for the fam out there we've got uh, well over a thousand people i can't i uh, can't look and see all the different uh, platforms because it'll cut my mic for whatever reason but hit bobby up with any questions you got we'll try to you know maybe another 15 minutes or so uh, you got another 15 for us bobby sure Sure. All right. And so for the fam that keeps asking, uh, why is he calling you Bobby? So my name is is Robert, you know, Beatles, right? But my parents and my brother and family have all called me Bobby since I was just a little tiny bug. Uh, my friends and people in business and everybody just call me Beatles. And so they call me by my last name. But like my parents and grandparents and everybody else, they always called me Bobby. And so so we got two Bobbies and we're both married to Nicole's. So it's, uh, it's a small world and it's not very common names, but uh, it's <laughs> another similarity except for the way we, as well as the way that we speak. Uh, Caroline O is asking, um, what is going on with our project Gig, a documentary directed by Bobby Python. Is there a, whoa, whoa. you get a documentary? No, no, I do, I do not have uh, a documentary going. Uh, it's called Gig. She says, uh, what is going on project forward slash gig documentary directed by Bobby Python? 
Well, first maybe, of all, I, maybe it's another Bobby Python. Maybe, uh, maybe they, they added maybe another they one of you, <laughs> right? <laughs> maybe, maybe they got a Phantom Bobby out there that's making a movie now. No, no, I don't. Please send us the link. Can you can you send me the details on this? I'm not making any movie right now, um, so I'm not sure uh, who who is trying to say that they're making a documentary with my name attached to it. Oh, now she says she was just kidding. So <laughs> I took it just as, you know, like, uh, all right, because it was in quotations and everything. So, oh, yeah, no all right. Way. So uh, our good buddy, uh, non-coincidence, uh, synchronicities, he says, systems approach, bottoms up, decentralized patriots who can get involved in politics, work in government, et cetera. People with ethical and moral standards must work in especially essential areas, positions. Yeah, I mean, that's not really a question. It's uh, I think there's a lot of facts there. Uh, he's uh, definitely a smart patriot. Love that guy. Uh, let's see. So a lot of people agreeing with the uh, the blockchain. Let me see if I can look over here on DLive. Um, for whatever reason, the oh, I'm going to try to switch over to Pilled. So forgive me, fam. Um, here we go. Let's see if it cuts my volume at all. All right. Uh, let's see here. Everybody's saying you've been cloned. Uh, blockchain's a great situation. Um, they love your laugh. Let's see. Any questions you got, hit me up. And forgive me, the print is about this small. I'm using a, a tiny little uh, secondary uh, you know, screen for, for the comments over here. Let me go back over here. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so Marcos is saying that he's in your area and he wants to help. So how can Marcos um, help you? He says he's uh, in your area. Um, well, I mean... Uh... I, I'm setting up a new website that will hopefully go live in the next month or so. And so um, it's going to be called Python Points. Like, keep in mind, folks, my name, I'm, I'm not naming it Python Points just because of my name. I'm, I'm naming it because of what my name means. A Python is a spike or a wedge used in mountain climbing. So it's literally meant to tie different rope to from a path that, uh, would somebody follow to get up a mountain? So I kind of like the idea of Python and the word point is in Python. You could spell over 17 different words out of my last name, believe it or not. And so <laughs> there's at least 17 different words. And so with the Python points, um, if you, you know, if you check back, uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I'll have an email. Um, I'll have my email set up there. I'm just going to call it Bobby at Python points. I already have the domain name. I'm having a site built. So Bobby at Python points uh, is what I'll do. And I'm, I'm building my own, uh, having my own email servers and everything built because I am being censored by Google. It's it, sometimes when I send stuff out, it's being called dangerous when I talk about things, believe it or not. So me discussing politics and using Google has been tagged dangerous by some people. I'm getting some of these responses back. So I haven't been doing as much emailing as I'd like while I work on getting this built out. Awesome. Then we got uh, Diane wants to know how you vet your workers because we're, you know, we'll put this out and I guarantee if, if you're looking for workers to help, we'll have a bunch of volunteers. We get it all the time. The people that are amazing with data or just any kind of different things. A lot of people, they work from home or some are retired, some are, you know, disabled of sorts and they're looking for anything that they can do to help. So, um, That'll be huge. But then uh, to her question was, um, how are you going to vet the people that actually start compiling the data for you? Well, um, while I'm building out the site, I'm going to simultaneously build out a private social network. Um, so it's going to be a private 
club, so to speak. And uh, um, it's going to be invitation only and confirmed identities. So everybody knows who I am. So if somebody is going to want to join this network of speaking to other people that they know are real and nobody's fraudulent, it's going to be a closed system. You know, when you go set up an account at a bank or something else, you have to prove who you say you are to, to be able to have an account there. So I'm going to set up an account. I'm going to set up a system where it might cost like $5 a month where you see an, a community of people across the country. I'm going to try to find people across the entire country and each person that's in it is confirmed and verified before I, you know, there's, you know, because you got to always assume there's going to be some, some moles coming in that are there that, you know, that are going to try to, you know, I don't know, circumvent things. And that's okay because we're going to be fully transparent. We don't do things in the shadows. I'm a big believer in what JFK said. We're going to discuss our mistakes. We're going to discuss what we're working on. We're going to show the truth. That's why I like blockchain. I love blockchain technology because it's about exposing the truth of what the heck is really going on and creating a trail. And so we're going to try to create, I'm going to try to create a similar type of network. So when volunteers want to volunteer time, we say here, here's the problem that we need help with. It's in this precinct or this county. And you've been confirmed that you're a real person. We're not going to give you the whole job at once, but here's 10 people you can contact. And then contact these 10, and then we see what your results are. And, and then, you know, we'll give you another 20. And so I'm trying to come up with a way that people can donate time, but know that the time is being spent in an optimal manner. I hate wasting time. Each person that makes 60 grand a year in this country is making the equivalent, whether they realize it or not, of about $30 an hour. That means that you have to create $75 of value per hour to make $30 an hour. So your time is worth over a dollar a minute. So if I'm going to help, if I'm, if I'm going to help, uh, you know, have volunteers help, I, I'm mindful of and respect their time being worth over $1 a minute. And if I can't have them work on stuff that values their time at over a dollar a minute, I don't want to have them do anything. I mean, so that's because I, that's that's just my own personal thing. I'm not interested in, in having a bunch of people do low value added things. I want people to go in, do high value add things that they see the, the progress and it's for, you know, the American public. So be patient. I'm working on it, but I'm just trying to explain to you why I haven't like built some of this stuff out. I'm, I'm, I have it all prototyped in my head. Now I just need to build it, but I am having this social network built simultaneously with this, uh, the Python points website. Yeah, no, that that's huge. And, um, with, with like operation sunlight, we've created like a hub to where all these people that are doing incredible things are just like another spoke off of the, the hub, so to speak, spoke on the wheel. That way people can get involved and do things just like, just like what you're doing. Now there's also uh, communities out there that have like decentralized, uh, you know, social networks of sorts that are created on their own servers. People like Dr. Shiva, I don't know if you know Dr. Shiva, but he has all his own servers. So it might save you time uh, just, you know, working with him. You know, just just an idea rather than reinventing things all the time, because I, I see this happen where you got brilliant people and they're and they're doing all these different things that are all very related to what other people are doing, where if they just kind of work together, they'd be up and running much, much sooner. And they would also double the size 
of their movement just by kind of joining. And so uh, I'm kind of agnostic when it comes to things like that. It's like, well, rather than rebuild something, why not just leverage what somebody else already has? It's kind of trusted, um, you know, like with Gab, for instance, or with, you know, like even with Foxhole and Pilled, it's, you wouldn't create something, you just uh, leverage that. So if you want, I can introduce you to different people too. They're kind of doing the same things that might speed this up even faster for you and save a bunch of money and, and possibly time. But uh, just, just a, just a, a thought. I'm always trying to build things too, like like you in my head. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, why build that? I can just take that from here, plug it into that, and then <laughs> we get there a lot faster. But uh, and and huge huge love to all the fame out there. I see all the you know the, the amazing comments. I love you all. Uh, God bless you all. It's uh, it's great to see the fame here, especially on a day we don't go live. At a time we don't go live, still having you know thousands of people hanging out. Love the fame. Incredible, especially with all the crazy censorship. Um, so I guess to to, you know, obviously value your time. Uh, what What is it you want to leave uh, the fam with? And I have a feeling this will be one of one of many chats because I could talk to you for forever, you know, just because you're, you're such a, an awesome guy that's uh, doing so many incredible things uh, for the world. Yeah, because just like Robert, you know, um, our, our good buddy here, Robert, he wants to know um, what, so Kovacs in, uh, I think in Canada, like all, all the, the amazing stuff that you're doing here in the U.S. to show the, the shenanigans and stuff, as well as just taking back the Republic. What what do you say to people in in other uh, countries? Like I get it all the time from the U.K. As, as well as Canada. They're like, well, will Operation Sunlight work here? Or will, you know, Bobby Python's, you know, what he's doing in the U.S., will that work there? Uh, you know what I mean? So they're they're kind of wanting to know what, what they can do in their country to kind of achieve the same results we're trying to achieve i think i think the most important thing that would help all of humanity frankly is um i i don't know if you recall when we were kids versus what the country looks like now um when we were kids in our neighborhood um everybody kind of knew who lived on the same blocks remember that you know you'd go down the street and you'd you would kind of know everybody who lived in each damn house, right? There would be like 15 blocks, uh, 15 houses on a block in Chicago, 15, 20 houses. And you kind of knew where every kid lived, even if they were older or younger. And um, I think I think what we need to do is we need to, you know, turn off our phones every once in a while. And we need to start reengaging and getting block parties going. We used to have block parties. They'd shut down the block, right? Remember, they'd get the stuff, stuff. They'd have, you know, the <laughs> people bringing out candy and everything. And I know um, it sounds uh, trivial, but it's so important because if, 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 we, if we had, like, you know, uh, people creating just on a microcosm, 30, 50 people, 20 people in their neighborhood, and they know who they are on their block, and they just introduce themselves, and then, you know, you look at those blocks when you're looking at the voter rolls in your country or your city or your state. And you're like, this is weird. Uh, I know there's 50 people here. There's only one person lives in that house. Two people live in that. Why is it saying there's 72? You know, and so that's these are the basic fundamental things that we're no longer doing. They're isolating us in our houses. They're trying to make us not like each other. They're trying to cover our faces up so that we don't see each other smile. We need to bring our humanity back. And we need to start saying hello and finding out what's wrong. Maybe there's some seniors down the block from where people live and you know they live through World War II or they have stories about things and maybe they can mentor someone who's younger, you know, like in the neighborhood, you know, in terms of teaching them about 
I don't know, maybe they were a pilot or maybe they were, you know, they were whatever, they were a mechanic and they could help mentor the youth within the community. And I know what everybody's going to say. It's like, oh, Bobby, that's dangerous. You know, they try to create this culture of fear and say, you know what? You do it prudently. (laughs) Like you don't send your 12 year old over there. If you go as an adult, you get to meet people and then you just say, hey, you know, maybe you figure out how to use the public library. And you go and you, you you know, this senior teaches a small class and it's free, you know, to, to some of the kids about stuff. You can come up with ways to, to make it so that we re-engage as a community because that's that's how you can build true, lasting, active citizenship because that's what we're lacking. We have too many people isolated by themselves and it's easier to pick us off. <laughs> That's the problem. If you guys all want to live in your house and be like huddled up and you have some weapons there or something and food and then, uh, you know, they send in little drones uh, and they they're weaponize these drones and they pick you off or they bring over the vans with no windows. Right. Some all these delivery services now with the with these drivers that aren't even part of a company. They're freelance drivers. You ever think about that? They come and they they, they, they take you in the van and they ship you off. You know, however, if you got a neighborhood, <laughs> people are going to be like, what the hell is that van doing in here? That's the good old days. People would know who the hell was coming into the neighborhood and what was wrong. And everybody would be healthily no- no- um, nosy <laughs> so, in a healthy manner. So that's the way, you know, I know it's not the answer you want to hear because it requires some work. But guys, life requires work. <laughs> you got to get out there and do the work. This doesn't cost a lot of money. It just takes you caring about knowing the people that live around you. So true. So true. Yeah, just united we are strong. As individuals, we are very weak. And taking back your neighborhood is is a great step for sure. Just knowing who your neighbors are, right? Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, I see all the comments here. Love you all back. God bless you. We'll be back on Thursday. I forget exactly what time, but it will be sometime between noon and 2 p.m., I think, Eastern. I'll post on on Gab. Um, What... uh, what closing thoughts do you have for us and until next time, right? So what, what do you want to see people do? Where do you want people to go? Uh, any closing thoughts that you have at all? I think, I think the, thank you so much again for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you everybody for listening. I, I love everybody as well for getting involved and in, in trying to uh, make a difference in the world. It, it's, it's up to all of us. You know, I do believe we're all one spirit in Christ. And so uh, my closing thoughts would be pray uh, pray as much as you can, just like you exercise or you do things, you know, prayer is also a habit and you need to, you need to make sure you exercise that spiritual habit of sorts so that you pray for Arizona, you pray for the safety, you pray for all these children that are being slaughtered in this country, pray for your neighbors and yourselves and your family. I can't stress how much, how important that is. And that's the starting point that can make a big difference in all of this. Because prayer opens up the channel for others to feel uh, how they can be in, get involved and make a big difference in the world. And then once you do that, take it one step at a time, small little baby steps with regards to how you can make a difference. Go to your PC meetings, as, as, uh, as, as Beatle said. Go there, get involved, become a PC. Go show up to the meetings. Go take the time to meet your neighbors. Um, and... Um, Pay attention to alternative news sources that don't try to hide um, the truth. And, and it's important that we 
we have to seek the truth right now because they're trying to silence us. So, that, I mean, that's a lot to end it on. But if there was only one thing you said that the big takeaway is, is, is pray for good things to happen to this nation. That would be my thing. And in your respective nation, if you live somewhere else. Amen. Amen. And a uh, huge thanks over on uh, D Live. We only have about uh, 14 lemons over there, so we'll release those on Thursday. It looks like the top contributors today are Kathy H. Val. I can't read uh, the last portion of your name. It looks like Inquisitors. So love you all. God bless you. We'll, uh, we'll give that out on Thursday, and you all can spend the lemons on, on whatever you want. And so for people to find you now, uh, your website, where, where can people go, your YouTube channel, things like that? Sure. Um, w, well, it's www.preactiveinvestments.com. It's P-R-E-A-C-T-I-V-E, investments.com. And then I'm Bobby Python, no space, B-O-B-B-Y-P-I-T-O-N. I'm, I'm on Gab. I'm on, uh, um, um, uh, what am I? I'm on Parler. I'm on uh, Telegram as that. And then I'm at U America. 333 on Twitter right now. So you, the the word America, 333 there. And then I'm just Bobby Python at uh, YouTube as well. Just Bobby, no hyphen, uh, Python there. We'll, we'll have to get you streaming on Pilled and, and Foxhole. So that way when you go live with YouTube, because you use StreamYard, I'll show you how you can actually just uh, plug it in and you'll start going live on, on Patriot platforms too, because I'm sure uh, you see how YouTube uh, loves loves oh, Patriot talk. <laughs> <laughs> so at least that way you'll be in multiple places. So truly appreciate you, brother. Appreciate everything that you're doing for, for the Republic. You know, it's it's huge, man. We uh, get that big, beautiful brain and it's uh, it's amazing to see what, uh, what you've been able to uncover and, and what is still to come. So we're definitely looking forward to that. Uh, hang around. I'm going to throw the outro clip up for the fam and then, uh, uh, yeah, I'll be right back. So okay, until you. you got it. So until Thursday, love y'all. God bless you. And we will see you on the next one. Hey, peeps, just a friendly reminder. Crypto Beatles shows are never financial advice, recommendations, or trading strategies. The views expressed here are solely that of Robert Beatles and his guests. Robert Beatles is the co-founder of the Monarch Wallet, host of Trading New Sessions, Crypto Beatles on YouTube, and on several entities. Robert's opinions here do not reflect that of those entities. Some information shared here may not actually be factual. These shows are for information and entertainment purposes only. Never invest a single Satoshi or penny in anything without first seeking the counsel and advice of a professional financial advisor. Robert Beatles is not a financial expert or advisor. Investing in anything is super dangerous. You can lose all of your money, so always trade at your own risk. Please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the family. God bless you. Love you. And I'll catch you on the next one.